What's cracking, lovely people? Welcome back to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast, a podcast about nutrition, movement, experiences outdoors. Just before we get started, I want to let you know about our sponsor, 33 Fuel. So 33 Fuel produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. We're talking chia seed energy bars, gels, um, we're talking protein bars, we're talking carbohydrate bars, all whole food based. Uh, Warren, Erica and James, really interesting people. Reach out, you can talk to them. And um, yeah, they do a greens powder as well. They do a protein powder. Decent stuff, all whole food based, gluten-free, dairy-free, all the buzzwords. And you can get Matt 10. Uh, You can get Matt 10? That makes no sense. You can get 10% off your first order with Matt 10 at checkout. Right. Now that's done. Cool. So we've got two fantastic people on the show today. We've got Scott, who's an entrepreneur and uh, involved a little bit in shooting. And we've got Anna, who runs Project Awesome in Edinburgh. So they are a fitness group. And I think if you are listening in London, they do some stuff around Primrose Hill as well. So a few of you have probably already got involved in that. So guys, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you. I'm cool. happy to have to listen to that list of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I sometimes always, you know, balls up that start, but I think people can get what they need and the links are always in the show notes and stuff. So cool. All right. Well, look, let's hear a little bit about yourselves. Obviously, we, we've met, we keep in touch on Instagram and um, really keen to explore the adventure you you uh, took part in in Iceland but maybe just give us a little bit of a backstory because obviously people don't just go and run for days um obviously for charity it's a huge cause but how did you get into that kind of thing uh yes yeah, so um when i was a teenager i used to do athletics um and just because of injury retired from athletics i uh, was no longer able to jump um, so, kind of years passed, hadn't done anything, and when Scott and I got together maybe about four and a half years ago, we did our first ever OCR. Yeah, after, yeah, getting um, dragged along by one of Scott's friends when, from kind of what cadet days. Yeah, from her cadets, yeah. Uh, and we were dragged along by Steve to do this race, and we both kind of fell in love with it, and at that point, that was the the furthest I'd ever run, it was a 10k, and since then we've kind of dipped in and out of various different OCRs and trail runs, neither of us like to run on the road, um, and again Steve Kernan who took us along to that, he was involved in Project Awesome Edinburgh when it first started, and we met Danny Bent through that, who is the brains behind various different charity events. Um, they raised over fifty thousand, no, five hundred thousand dollars for um, Boston bombing victims by doing a really across America. Mm. Uh, and this was Danny's most recent mad idea was he wanted to run across Iceland. Um, and I think you signed up for it first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and uh, I kind of followed. Yeah, yeah. He, he basically just he called me out one day, and he says, ah. Oh, I've been thinking about doing something crazy. I says, well, I've been looking for something fun to do, a good event, something quite tough. Because last year I did a coast-to-coast uh, across Scotland with a rat race, and I was looking for something something similar. And he went, I'd like to run across Iceland. Would you like to come? Hmm. And I, yeah, 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 I think I would like to do that. <laughs> I had no idea how far it was, 
and whether we're doing it one day or a week but yeah it just sounded too good an opportunity to pass mm. oh great so basically you know bit bit of a kind of athletic background got into running obviously tried to keep off the road so you did various trail events and things like that and obviously as it started to become more of a lifestyle training and competing if I can use that word at you know weekends or monthly or stuff like that then you know you then got into this uh this um environment where you wanted to give this multi-stage multi-day race thing a kind of go yeah yeah so it wasn't we did say race is probably not the right word it was more uh event a a tribal run um so it was all broken down into stages and it wasn't a case of you know if you were fastest you were back first and could go to bed everybody kind of waited for everybody and we broke it down into sort of manageable chunks um obviously some days some people struggled more than others so mm. the people up the front and who were at the back kind of changed around a little bit cool so what's iceland like first and foremost horrible <laughs> i so we went to iceland four years ago actually at this time um and we fell in love with it then and yeah. had wanted to go back ever since and had been talking about it and trying to plan something and it just never came about. If you stay in and around Reykjavik and the south coast, Iceland is incredible. Yeah, it's somewhere between, you know, Hawaii and Scotland. That, that, yeah. That's the scenery you're going to see. Um, you the, venture to the middle of the country. It's, it's a big gravel pit. It's nothing. Like the Wu-Tang Clan sung about. Um, essentially, the the main part of Iceland in the centre is a desert. Um, so if you can imagine Sahara Desert, except just make it grey, like a churned up road gravel, yeah. and you know have five days, six days of that. That's that's what most of the yeah, living was like. The landscape didn't change from pretty much when we arrived in the desert on what the afternoon of day two. Yeah to when we got out the desert the morning of day seven. I think so, yeah. So it was a lot of the same of, um, yeah, through the glacier. That was fun for about the first day. Yeah. (laughs) Then it was just there the whole time. (laughs) You were running around this massive glacier on the same road in the same desert and it just went on forever. It just ground you down. You'd you'd spend maybe two, three hours working your way along up to a crest and a hill you could see it and you'd snake along and snake along and just as you peeked over the top it looked like a carbon copy of just where (laughs) you'd come from. There's there's no trees, there was no plant life, there was no animals, there was no birds, there was just nothing there were quite a lot of hills though there was a lot of hills yeah but at the same time it was very very pretty as well but it just it was amazingly difficult in a way i'd never expected Mm -hmm. so it was it was north to south and you're saying in the middle was obviously quite tough because it was it was very barren and you obviously weren't used to doing that over time because you're used to doing races or runs and things like that that are either intense or you do for half a day or a day and then and then you're done so how i suppose how did you guys you you obviously had to cope because you wanted to finish you're doing it for a big cause and you're all together you didn't want to let each other down but how did you kind of micromanage those situations when when you felt like quite low in terms of morale or did everyone just keep it up weirdly i don't think anyone had a massive low point as certainly a 
personally, I didn't have a, a crazy dark point at any point. And one of the interviews that we had uh, while we're doing the run, that was something I found surprising. I expected to have this massive weight on my my shoulders of, you know, we've got days to go, you know, the scenery's rubbish, everything hurts. But I think we, we all got into this mindset uh, as a group um, of kind of keeping each, each other going, um, you know, having fun and a laugh and things like that while we're running. And the, the horror of the situation became part of the kind of joke, yeah. which it really did turn the negative into the positive. I think what it was quite amazing is out of a group of 18 of us, there was not a bad word said, really. Yeah, for, for living in close proximity to each other um, and having difficult mm. moments and things like no that. No arguments. Yeah. You know, it, it was weird. I expected yeah. there to be conflict, to be, you know, kind of emotional situations going on, but mm. actually we became this weirdly happy little family yeah. mm. that just all pushed each other along, so I mean, think. We had people who were... Uh, ex-Royal Marines, mm-hmm. uh, an ex-helicopter pilot, ex-navigator, yeah. uh, but then there was uh, a guy, Brian, who was in his late 50s and had only ever run a 10k once, like last year sort of thing. Um, he ran a lot of 10ks this year in preparation. Yeah, but, but you know, that was the furthest he got. So there was a real massive kind of spectrum um, in abilities and mm-hmm. even background and experience with anything kind of difficult mm-hmm. um so some people had never even camped before sophie had never put a tent up before i taught her on the first day <laughs> so you know there, there was there was some people you'd have went yeah these people will make it and then there's others you would have went you should never probably come here and yet everybody gelled and mucked in and powered through yeah it was pretty special actually mm. it's pretty amazing experience to yeah. be part of mm. that's interesting i hear, I hear... I've I've listened to a few other podcasts with people doing events and 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 I I've only felt it on a minor level because say I'm training for something in January and I'm starting to run a bit more, you know, weekends and things and after say three four hours on feet like you said you finish and you're kind of uh, yeah your your mood's better but then also you you just you don't keep a lot of the baggage you kind of you you're either tired or you you're looking to eat and you just you just experiences with people seem to be a lot better I find that so if you guys are running or moving for a day. And, yeah. and like you said, people are just getting through it. You know, that it's hard to describe, but I can see what you mean. This, you're not getting each other because you're, the, the physical exertion and, and just uh, the, the, the feeling of, of, of the run and what you're doing and things like that, then, you know, that's like elevated things, I think. And it, like you said, it's hard to describe, but you're not you're not bad tempered and you're not getting each other. Whereas I suppose if you've had a busy day and you're stressed and, and your body hasn't moved and, and, and you're feeling quite tight, you know that that can make a difference, and people are obviously a lot more bad-tempered and, and more stressed. I find. Yeah, so I think part of the thing because it became multi-day, and obviously there was breaking down camps, moving camps, and then setting back up. It became this kind of sequence of right, I'm in, get my stuff set up in my tent, get this, get that, you know, and you, you landed up with your little checklist of things to do. Um, whoever was kind of finished ready quicker, they generally helped out a little bit with the. Uh, support crew you know there was food and stuff getting done um and then you know the last people in we kind of cheered them in and things like that so it wasn't there was never this kind of split everybody picked up slack where they had time or energy to Mm -hmm. do and then people that needed a little bit more help 
just got a little bit more help that they needed. Mm. Um, and then, you know, once you'd done all this, the sun started to set like 8, 8.30, you're really tired. So we were in bed Bedtime. by 9. And, you know... <laughs> that but, was a late night. Yeah, no. And then, you know, away to sleep until like just after 6, like 7 o'clock in the morning. That's when the music started. Yeah. Great. That's interesting. So if we dive into, for a few minutes, the nutrition side of things, did you guys have to carry everything? So the... How did, how did it work on a, on a kind of... Nutrition uh, on this trip is a fun ex- topic. Express <laughs> level. But, you know, I'm not going to... There's no... I'm not going to question the, the nutritional profile of foods. It's more the how do these things work practically. The listeners will want to yeah. know over multi-day you yeah. know, running and things like that. Um, obviously you'll, you'll be eating different types of foods you'll be having some hot some cold I assume some freeze-dried let's let's get into that uh, Hanny and Nick basically they've, they've worked out that food in Iceland is horrifically expensive so they decided to ship food over and they'd approached a company that freeze-dried food and then they basically worked out that they needed a vegan option and a meat option and then porridge for sort of breakfast there was a slight miscalculation because this was the first time they'd ever run it that we kind of presumed there was going to be a lot of snacky stuff and things like that and most people had snacky stuff but there wasn't so much of that um so generally in the morning when we got up we had to run about eight miles before breakfast uh which would get porridge um but we didn't have quite enough because <laughs> i'm a bit bigger so I need a bit more. <laughs> he also gets very hungry. And I get hungry. So the, there, was, there was a few hungry mornings getting up to run. And then uh, the rest of the food was pretty much freeze-dried. So Yeah, we had what, a mixture of, there was five maybe different options. There might not have even been no, that much. They were all the same colour. Yeah, and there was a spaghetti bolognese option, which looked just like the chilli con carne option and they all tasted the same pretty yeah. much so mm. i'm giant pot noodles uh that didn't agree with most people's digestive systems mm. oh it's horrific uh, the was... smell of the <laughs> tent at night was the worst thing <laughs> in the world okay. it was just one tent it was every tent yeah so there was there was some magical digestion digesting effects going on yeah um so yeah i mean there, there were quite calorie dense yeah. uh, foods but it was actually just trying to get your body to absorb everything you needed. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was quite Yeah, quite I, tough. I mean, on the first day, that was when we ran, what, a marathon? a marathon? But it was all on road that day. And actually, my body had really struggled that day. So in the evening, I really struggled to even mm. put any food in um, and had to kind of resort to our emergency chocolate that we had taken. Because <laughs> um, as Scott said, there as much as you know the trip was all inclusive um as in it'll cover all your food all your drinks i think there had been we weren't quite sure of what sort of snacks and you know protein bars and things like that we kind of thought that they were available um we did have some we did have some we had some so we've taken about half of a big chocolate bar each for an evening um so that was my dinner on the first night and your your snack I was rationed them out. quite yeah. a lot of so food. the i mean over over the week um because i do a lot of the obstacle racing stuff like that so i'm a bit heavier on the top half mm-hmm. than uh, some of the guys that were there i mean over the week i lost four kilos mm. Um, mm. and i'm about 
12% body fat anyway. So yeah, mm. I, uh, I, I burned quite a, a bit of calories. Yeah. And mm. I lost two inches around my waist just in the time that we were there. Mm. So I hadn't actually weighed myself before we went out, but um, when I put my dress on to go back to work, um, I was substantially surprised how much I needed to pull it in. Um, so so yeah, no food. You know they did a brilliant job. There was dinners were full and party, and there was enough to go around. But it was that kind of just living on rations. Yeah, just living <laughs> on the same thing over and over. Um, yeah. And desert was fun. We we ate a lot of sand and grit. Because it blew into your, one, one of the days, yeah, it was quite windy, so we had a bit of grit in our dinner, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's important to talk about these things. They're, um, you know, they're usually they're usually things that, that people aren't aware of because obviously they see these highlight reels, they see great photos, you know, they see snapshots of of uh, you, you guys doing pull ups, all that kind of stuff. So that you know, that's the, that's the good stuff. But then also, you know, like you said, you you just have to get through. The good thing is, if is you know, physiologically, we're, we're built with fat stores to get through these kind of things. So you will, you've obviously got the mental fortitude, but yeah, digestion's affected, body weight's affected. So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting to let listeners know, you know, severe calorie deficit through movement and lack of food works. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't getting through so much water. I expected no. to get through a lot more. I mean, the temperature wasn't bad. I think it was because it was cold. We didn't yeah. kind of, we weren't massive, like we were sweating, but not. It wasn't freezing cold. No. Yeah. Or, and it wasn't too, it was, it was probably sitting about the 10 degree mark. So yeah. when you're moving at a nice slow pace, as long as the wind wasn't up uh, too mm. far at any point, you were actually fairly comfortable. Yeah, I mean, I had one camel back, is mm. that what it's called? Yeah. Um, and it lasted me all day. Mm. Yeah, so you, you get through in like a litre odds of water a day quite easily sometimes, which is surprising given the distance. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard, yeah, thirst mechanism around cold definitely changes. I worked with a few alpinists a few years ago and, you know, they're, they're climbing mountains, pickaxing and doing incredible yeah. stuff. And, and they say, you know, they almost, they have to, they have to force themselves to drink because you can elicit dehydration quite quickly. Stops. Um, kind of, it was, almost forced on us to have a yeah. hot drink and yeah, just yeah. make sure that you know even especially at that point that you were taking on the yeah, water yeah. um if you weren't having it while you were running so mm, mm, mm. great so as, as you kind of you know finish the event and things and, and and you you reflect on it and um you know you guys obviously got into it because of mutual friends and doing things for charity um, how did you find the experience overall and, and what what have you raised or what's happened off the back of it because obviously this is the good stuff now you know telling your story yeah. coming back thinking about other things um, you know what what's what's going to happen moving forward do you think with with, with what you've done um, so I mean we raised what four and a half thousand pounds between, between the two of us, us yeah. um, for charity and I think what there was about six no more than that. Seventeen thousand raised in, over the whole group. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, so that's pretty cool. And originally they were gonna just so we had a photographer and a filmmaker with us the whole time who became a solid part of our support crew. Um, we generally wouldn't have made it across without them. Um, but the filmmaker was there to make a three-minute promo for. Um, 
the event to be able to run year after year we were the trial mm. uh, and the idea was to try and you know promote it with this mm. but because he managed to get so much footage and kind of have such a story he's managed to make what, a 30 minute short film cool. about our crossing um of which the first screening is on what December second down in a London theatre. Um, so we are coming down and having a bit of a catch up with the group then. Um, but they're going to submit it to film festivals and kind of just show people mm. about our experience. And I think for us, for me especially in the first week or so, I found it really difficult to articulate to people what it was we did um, and just kind of explain to them the experience because it just, for us, it, it was almost kind of, I know it's a sweeping statement, but slightly life-changing, you know, you do these things that you don't expect your body to be able to do and you prove to yourself that you can actually do it. Um, I think that's the, the, the difficult thing is to convey it to someone yeah. who's never done something, yeah. I, I don't want to say that level, but they've never maybe even run a marathon, they've maybe just done 10k, and that is when people say, you know, I could never do that, because everybody has been that person, yeah. you know, these people who run across America, they climb uh, an insane mountain, they were the person at one point in their life who thought, I could never do that, and I think it's, it's definitely a story of taking people who have never been that level of adventurer yeah. and and you know taking them there and showing them that they can do it and other people can do it regardless of your age your your background your running experience anything mm-hmm. i think it's it's uh, a story of hope i suppose <laughs> mm. yeah so is that for people listening because i've got quite a lot of london uh, london listeners is the second a private screening or is it things people can come to do you know no. Um, let me just check the venue, but people can um, get tickets at Fixers World. Okay. Um, I'll just jump on it just now. I'll bang that in the show notes. I'll bang yeah. that in the show notes. But yeah, what you know, whatever we can, we can, um, yeah, we can signpost that to the listeners, and um, that sounds really cool. Yes, Fixers will have the tickets, but we'll uh, we'll ping you the link over as well. Yeah decent so just to to circle back and summarize that little section it's kind of taking people further basically like you yeah. said there obviously you're running across iceland so it's it's far but i think that expectation of 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 the group at the start like you said some have done it before you know events not similar but they've they've done multi-day and others have been running 10ks you know an hour two hours or so on feet but you just all get yeah. together and, and and just and just push things not from like a redlining i'm gonna hammer it and and you know see how far i can go until i drop it's more like uh just possible on that sort of that level yeah yeah consistent slow steady you know keep moving um see yeah. what the body can do build resilience really mm-hmm. yeah no definitely yeah so um the screening is at the bedford and Ballum. oh cool on the 2nd of december great so, if people would like to come along and see it, we'll actually be there. We're flying down. It's, it's just a, a quick day. visit yeah. back up the next morning. Really? But, um, yeah, we're having a bit of a reunion. So there were 
two who were from the US who are coming over. There's um, our Dr. Marco, the Italian, who's coming over. Um, everyone else is London-based. Um, well, they live there now. Yeah. But we had a couple of other... Um, well, we had a Spaniard. Yeah, it was quite a few nationalities. Yeah. So it, was, it was quite an international event, unintentionally. That's cool. That's cool. If it's in the yeah. evening, I'll come to that. I usually finish decent time on a, on a Monday so like I'll, I'll try and get some FaceTime in that as well guys it sounds great I didn't know that was happening so it's quite cool it's a kind of uh, connect connecting people with the event um, yeah. and listening to this and I'll, and I'll make sure this goes out in good time so people can check it out as well but I'm sure I'm sure you're going to get a lot of interest because it's you know it sounds like there's there's um, people that are, that are coming that did it and then obviously they know a lot of people in London so I think it'll be really cool yeah, yeah. Oh, it should great. be it should be quite interesting yeah, and if anyone is interested in actually looking up the event and taking part next year, that again is already. Um, the wheels are slowly turning oh. at the minute for it to happen again. Well, it's available to book on yeah. Fixers World again. So um, if you look for Great North Run on there, um, the booking is open for that. Wow. Wow. God, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll put everything in the show notes for people to listen um, to, listen to, oh. to find. And then they can crack on with that. Fantastic. Okay. So we've gone through a bit of the food. We've gone through the experience overall. Um, and, and then obviously, like you guys said, uh, getting to know strangers and, and um, working together. Is there anything, I don't know, is there anything else that you got out of it that was that was unexpected? Obviously, from a self-development point of view, we've touched on that. Um, but was there anything else? I know, mate, you do... Well, you both do these 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 obstacle races, these kind of uh, um, adventures, and 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 you've you've worked hard. You put yourself into holes physically. Um, I don't know. Was there anything else that came out of that you, that you got wiser about, or you you changed a bit of kit, or you realised your digestive system's pretty weak? I don't know. What what <laughs> you know what what uh, what what else did you kind of cleave from that bef- before we wrap up for the listeners? I did I did gain a fiance through it as well. Oh wow. <laughs> Actually, I think I knew that. I think I knew that. I because I messaged you guys. Yeah. yeah. So did yeah. you do it? Did you do it there and then at the end of the? Uh, so I did it. We we got uh, made to take a mandatory rest day because people were really starting to, you know, be they were held together with pieces of string. Um, By that time, we had done seven marathons in seven days. days yeah. Wow. So I, I'd spoke to Danny about it. I said, Danny, I said, I think you're gonna ask Anna to marry me when I'm here. Uh, and I was carrying the ring in a little box that I had specially made in my, my running rig, which Anna had attempted to find 10 times unwittingly. Um, How do you know? <laughs> so, I'm just trying to be organised. So, yeah, uh, yeah, so it was the manager rest day. It was uh, the lava fields and there's all the natural hot springs. I said, I think this is the place to do it. And he's like, right, okay. He said, I'll take everyone away on a walk. <laughs> and he says, you guys go do it. He's like, right, okay. So I was, I was slowly getting ready, and I was like, no, no, come on, everybody's leaving. I was like, no, no, it's fine, we'll see them later. So she was still, once again, trying to ruin it. And, uh, yeah, so we got up into the lava fields. The, the guys were all, you know, 300 metres ahead of us or whatever, and uh, I popped a question. Amazing. And for some reason, she said yes. She did, yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So that that's that's That obviously boosted morale that day. <laughs> it, it was very we weren't sure whether we were going to tell everyone because yeah we kind of thought you know this is their experience that as was, well i was definitely keen for it not to be made into 
a trip being about us getting engaged but it became by that point we're already a, a kind of a big family anyway so it kind of became just another natural progression for for the family yeah i was very excited to tell my my north sisters <laughs> yeah um, oh god 100 percent Scott all week when he was going to propose hmm. so. <laughs> which was starting to get a little bit awkward and I'm like oh my god they're making this difficult yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, you're but, a brave um, man. I had, I had, I had uh, the the ring on me for about three hours, and I still fell apart. And that was all. That was all it was. <laughs> I pi- I picked it up, um, and and yeah, I'd waited in the flat, and and I was absolute mess. And that was just a couple of hours, let alone a, a an endurance an endurance event while she's rifling through your bag. I couldn't have taken that. Uh, you just leave my kit alone. She's like, oh, well, just having a look. It's like everything's fine. I will sort my kit out. So you'd be very protective about your running rig. It wasn't just being protective, he was just <laughs> being rude. Grumpy. Uh, but yeah, yes. Yeah. But oh, yeah, I mean, good. overall, as, a, as an event, I think from, you know, a, a self-discovery cliche kind mm-hmm. of uh, point of view, and just seeing really how far you can go and how well you can actually do while doing it. So it yeah. wasn't like people were absolutely miserable tanking along. People had their natural little slumps, but generally speaking, you know, they were up in the morning, they were ready to go, they'd get going, they'd have a laugh and a joke and we'd progress on. And some people would be a bit tired or sore, so someone yeah. would walk with them for a little while. And then, mm. yeah, but it, it really ebbed and flowed yeah. um, for everybody individually, but collectively people helped each other as well. So it was quite, quite a... Uh, yeah, and it Fun, was it was a group that there was no judgment. Um, I mean, if you could run, except my smell in a tent, you were you were judging hard about the smell in a tent. <laughs> hey, so gas is a natural thing. That's what I tell my clients. So. If you're eating um, fibre, <laughs> it's just um, like it, the people that could run like a seven-minute mile and could consistently do that and get to the next checkpoint and be there and be having to wait because you know other people were a little bit slower or you know struggling and having to walk little bits there was absolutely no judgment from anyone they Mm. were just there to welcome you in or Mm. you know give everyone a hug and make sure that everyone was happy and comfortable and just because they can run a bit faster there was no ego there was there was instances where the faster runners would jog right at the back with some of the slower runner you know just to kind of encourage so they didn't feel like they were being uh, a hindrance in any way and things like that and as I said the people at the back and the front actually changed around fairly regular mm. um, so it was it was just a very it, it felt like a, a very even family yeah. at the end of the event I think a different group a different week of weather mm. could have been a massively different trip mm. um, yeah. we, we were very lucky with the weather that we had and I think even more so with the people that had signed up. Yeah. Um, I think if you'd got a couple of, you know, big egos or, you know, just different types of characters and conflicting characters, it could have been... It could have unravelled. Such a We're, different trip. Yeah. But instead of it, everything that was difficult brought us closer together. Yeah. It didn't drive in any divisions. Mm. I mean, still, the WhatsApp group of the trip is the most active messaging <laughs> group we have at the moment. It yeah. is ridiculous. I think if there's not a message, 
at least every 24 hours someone will put in there's not been a message what's going on is everyone okay yeah what are we all doing when are we seeing each other so yeah it's gonna be pretty cool no that's what it's all about definitely that's what it's all about and i think just spending that much time like you said outdoors as well and having to interact with people you don't know it's just it's 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 life skills like beyond beyond belief really yeah would appreciate now, I think. Outdoors and in the wild. Like, yeah. we were wild camping. There wild. was nothing around us. Yeah. We oh. brought a little tent and a bucket to go to the toilet, but no one used <laughs> the bucket. There's something special about having to tie a toilet tent to the Land Rover because it keeps blowing away. <laughs> and I think on that bombshell, we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up the show. Cool. Yeah. So look, I'll I'll put in the the link to obviously the the event. I'll put in the the is the can people still donate or is or is the the donation period finished? How's that working? I think they're still open. Yeah, so I'll we'll, double check. We'll give yeah. you them. Give you them. Cool. And then uh, if people want to follow you guys, what's the best way to do it? Uh, so I'm on Instagram as Scott Allen goes forth. Cool. And I'm on Instagram just as Anna Castro. It's really creative. Simple, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just Matt Gardner Nutrition, so that's like this. <laughs> yeah, we're not inventive. Cool. So, lovely people, you have everything in the show notes that you need. If you can get down on the second, if you're London based, do not mess around with that. Um, are hopefully going to be there, and yeah, you, you know, you guys just literally off the bat have have given us such such a good little chat about what went down. So so I assume when you're on a stage or whatever you're doing, you know, microphoned up with all of your your compadres and everything next to you, it'll be even better. So yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that bad boy. Benny Hillshaw or oh, some God. sort, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, great. You guys are gonna be influencers, you know, when and they'll just be like, Oh, I had I had them on my show first, but anyway. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, so contract. <laughs> yeah yeah not yet not yet but um <laughs> decent so look yeah thanks very much for for coming on the show guys and hopefully i'll see you on the second and lovely people if you're listening and you like the show share the show um i'm coming up to sixteen thousand listens really cool um if you want to get your hands on some of the things i said at the start of the show just go into the link use matt 10 to get a little bit of money off that always helps doesn't it um and have a great week